crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. My name is Ryan Hanley. I am your host, and today we have an absolutely tremendous guest, someone who I have known for quite a while now and had just over the years fantastic conversations. I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. Just Aubie Knight is so is a thoughtful guy. He thinks about our business, he comes at it from a very pragmatic point of view. And his position as president and CEO of the Independent Insurance Agents of North Carolina uh, puts him in a unique spot to understand both the political dynamics of our industry as well as the boots on the ground, how to get things done. He's got some tremendous agents in his association in North Carolina, so he's always talking to some of the best and brightest in our space. And the way he thinks about running his association is just different. And uh, every chance I get to spend some time with Aubie is time that I consider well spent. And I think you're going to love this interview. So the reason I had Aubie on was because uh, North Carolina did a um, a survey or a study, I guess you could say, uh, and it basically um, got feedback from their member agencies about the impact that COVID-19 had had on their businesses. And there's some really interesting stuff in here. And that's what we talk about. We talk about how has COVID impacted Uh, independent insurance agencies based on this study that North Carolina did and what we can be doing as independent agency owners, producers, you know, people in the space. What can we be doing moving forward to put our businesses in a position to succeed? I think you're going to love this episode. Before we get there, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor for today. That is Advisor Evolved. AdvisorEvolved.com. I get asked quite a bit, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about I need a new website or who should I use or what what's the best website vendor out there? And uh, it's hands down, it's Advisor Evolved, and I don't just say that because um, because they're a sponsor of the show. Chris has been um, Chris has, Chris has built probably six websites for me. Um, I, I he's just he's my go to. There's no one better. The stuff that that Chris Langell and his team at Advisor Evolved is doing, it's just your website is so much more than just a a billboard on the internet. You get quote vids, you get conversion cards, you get uh, the comparison tool where you can build out these comparison um, posts. You get all kinds of landing pages that are pre-built for you. I mean, there's just so much there. And um, his local traffic marketing add-on that you can that you can use as well gets your name out in front of customers like you wouldn't imagine. So I highly recommend Advisor Evolved. Actually, I don't just recommend it. There is no other option than Advisor Evolved if you're looking for a website. There's just no other option. Just stop wasting brain cycles on this decision. Go to Advisor Evolved, sign up, get your badass website, and move on. That's it. All right, let's get to Aubie. Probably the biggest account of my career that I'm working on right now. It's a retail furniture store. Hartford and Chubb are are looking at it, and uh, which is cool. And um, oh my god, the number of follow up questions is like killing me. And uh, and and like some of these questions, you know, some of this is just why I, I just think. My, I mean, I get it. I get it. And I'm not trying to knock an industry that has done so well for so long and knows what it's doing. I'm, I'm not knocking that. But like, who is the op? If I give them all the vehicles and all the drivers, the fact that a follow-up question is, we don't have a driver specifically attached to vehicle seven. Who is the dri-? And I'm like, guys, you have yeah. all the MVR records for all the drivers. You have all the A-plus records for all the, for all the vehicles. <laughs> Does it really matter who is on vehicle seven of a 20 driver, 17 vehicle fleet? Do we re- is that really worth spending time on? Like, is that the question that we need to know? Well, I, well our, our system means that we, that's how I have to enter it in, Ryan. So I've got to have somebody attached and you're like, it's a fleet. It's a freaking fleet. I know. I'm like, I, just, I, may, I, I may need the cargo van one day. I may need the sedan one day. I may need the bigger truck yeah. one day. I mean, it just... 
Yeah, I mean, look, he checks off all the boxes. They're all experienced drivers with three or more experience, and all of them have to maintain at least 100, 300 on their personal auto. They all have good, for the most part, MVRs, like a couple little nicks and bumps, but nothing major. Like, this is a good, solid fleet. It's a good, solid driver list. Why are we spending time on who drives Vehicle 7? I just, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I just look at this and I say to myself, there was a time when I am sure that based on how long things took in general, that everybody was okay going, oh, yeah, I got to figure that out. I'm going to figure that out and make a call. I don't know how in the next wave of agents who I think have dispositions of varying degrees similar to my own, how this question continues to be something that is even tolerated. Like just Oh, and, and forget just from the agent's perspective, but from the consumer's perspective. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, from the, from the consumer's perspective, when, you know, when the disruptor comes along that doesn't require that, that degree of information, then, yeah. I mean, it turns everything on its head. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, Brian, you know, I got in the business in the, in the mid-90s. Well, I actually got in the business on the retail side in the early 90s, but then transitioned over to the association in the, in the mid-90s. And, you know, the guys... The, the, the old guys would come in and I mean, they used to hand deliver applications, you know, I mean, you've probably yeah. heard those stories, right? I mean, the association office was located, you know, in a convenient part of Atlanta and, and the guys, you know, those guys would drive down and go and deliver applications to the various carriers and take those guys to lunch, then swing by the association office just to see what was up and chat, yeah. you know, and you're like, I don't know, it's just a, I'm with you, man. I, uh, you know, and then I look at Tarmica and I'm like, I don't think people realize what um, Ragov has going on. Like, I don't think people really understand what an API driven comparative rater means for our industry. I just don't think people get it. I yeah. think, I think they hear it and they're like, oh, we've heard some of those terms before. And I, I think there's some of that. But like, I mean, the, the stuff that he's doing is game-changing stuff i mean the ability i mean uh, so um i'm not giving away any trade secrets better agency just announced a, a partnership and integration with tarmica so uh and and i actually don't have any intrinsic knowledge into what this is going to be but um i can tell you what i'm pretty sure it's going to be is you have an account a prospect comes into better agency through a form fill on your website immediately sent to Tarmica and returned with a rate, a comparative rate for both personal and if it's a commercial account, commercial lines for the classes that that's capable of right inside of Better Agency that you then can package up and mail to the person. We're talking about that whole process taking minutes, minutes. Yep. This is what's coming because when you drive something via API, and I mean, I know you know this, but I feel like I feel like so many people hear these terms and because we've heard it for so long in, in it not really being true, like someone would say, I'm using API, but really it wasn't an API or it was a, one, a version one or a version two API. Like these new version three APIs are full, full application integration into another application. That's what we're talking about is you have one thing and all the utility of another thing is sucked into it as if it, as if it was there. And, um, that's game changing stuff. I mean, that, that stuff that just, you know, when, when well, it, it, is, it, yeah, go it, ahead. it ties, it ties back into the whole thing that Seth is doing with neon as yes. well. Right. I mean, like, like where you could actually go in and look at, look at a client screen and be real time looking to see if the payment's been made, is the policy yeah. enforced, is the bill going out? Where's the, you know, I mean, that, that sort of thing. I, the, yeah. the, the, the only, the, you know, the only, thing that you know I've got my fingers crossed for with 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 Tarmica is you know it's all going to be about carry adoption right I mean if it's it, the, the the carriers that are in your agency have to have to allow Tarmica to do that in order for that to end up being you know the benefit for you and here's what's going to happen because I'll tell you what's going to happen in my agency um is the first carriers to get onto Tarmica are the they get ones, on the, getting, yeah. the ones getting the business yeah, right, exactly. because if I mean, rumor on the street is two questions for an auto quote, right? So when you, when people look at some of these new insure techs and they go, and, and you only need like a, 
a name and address or a name address birthday and they're like, how can they, how can they rate them? All the data, all the data that you're, hey, what's your VIN number? I just had a guy text me his freaking VIN number, a picture of his VIN number from his car, right? Like this information is available online. Right. You just have to have access to the databases. So, uh, you know, when I, so, so the fa- again, it goes back to the idea of how they're building this thing out. And, and, and again, I don't want this to be a commercial for them. I just, I feel like. Oh, dude, I'm all in. I mean, we, I, yeah, no, I, you, you I, probably know. I mean, we, we took an equity piece. I mean, yeah. we're, we're in the, we're in the, ra- we're in the, we're in the round, man. I mean, we, so we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're all in. I get it. I, I just, I, it just, to me is like, I look at it, I'm like, this is one of the few insurance technology solutions that is, that feels feasible, that is actually getting real adoption. I mean, I've written, I've probably written somewhere between a half dozen and a dozen small commercial accounts through them now. Um, I did a podcast the other day. I wrote, I had a guy call me 21 minutes later, booked with Liberty Mutual, done. He has the policy. 21 minutes from phone call to booked policy. Well, I had a, I had a buddy, one of my, one of my best friends um, and, and neighbors, his daughter uh, is getting ready to start her sophomore year at Georgia. So she moved out of the dorm uh, a couple of weeks ago and moved into her first time college apartment. And he sent me, I, I, I'd love to show you the screenshot. He sent me because, you know, he, 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 he's all, he's an insurance consumer and this guy, he's awesome. He's an awesome guy, small business owner. He's a great client, right. For any agency. Um, but he's always belly aching about the customer experience to me, you know, Oh, it sucks. My agent doesn't do anything to, to earn my business. And you know, da, da, da. so he sent me a screenshot, um, a couple of weeks ago and he had purchased a renter's policy for his daughter through lemonade. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't know anything about this, but all insurance should be this easy. And, and, you know, this is what I'm talking about. And da, da, da. Have you ever heard of these guys? You know, that sort of thing. So that, that, that resulted in a conversation, but then I also had to rise and was like, well, why did you have to go into a separate renter's policy? I mean, I get it. I mean, you can, but you could have also just had your, so then he ended up being mad that he had spent, you know, $89 when he could have just had the, the college apartment listed, you know, as, as an additional residence and satisfied, yeah, yeah, yeah. satisfied the, the land on the um, landlord. So it's, it's funny stuff. Man. Yeah. I, but, um, I, I don't know if you heard the, uh, if you listen to the episode that I do with Sheffy Ben Hutta, I had her on and um, we were talking about lemonade and um, I just, you know, I, I think the deeper I get into, so it's, it's been so interesting, man. I mean, I know you, you, we've known each other for a while now and going from agent to doing all the association stuff to then going to bold penguin, now back to owning an like to see that spectrum um, and to come back sitting here. Uh, there's part of me that's like, there's part of me, I was worried. Like, there's a lot of people that ask me, um, why the hell are you starting an agency? Like everything you've done, they, everyone just assumed I would go to an insure tech or something, um, which, and, and I have no beef with insure techs at all, obviously. Um, but I, I just, the more I get into it, the more I believe in the human. Like I believe in the human. I just think one the humans need better tools. And I, that's why I, right. that's why exactly. I speak the, the, the neons, the better agencies, the, the Chris Langell advisory balls, the Tarmica. It's why I talk about these companies all the time. Yep. And there are others, but like that, I feel like every step those companies make moving forward. Actually, you know who said it to me the other day? Uh, Zach Mefford from uh, coverage direct up in Iowa. He said, Hanley he goes, mm-hmm. Oh dude. Awesome. Awesome. Him and his partner, Ryan Salve, they, they run this tremendous agency up in Iowa. Tremendous. Absolutely. They're rock stars. They're both like, I think they're mid to late thirties, maybe mid thirties. They just, they're, they're awesome dudes. Uh, neon pilots. They, uh, he goes, he said, Hanley, he goes, it feels to me like for the first time we're not being bullshitted. Like the technology actually is as good as advertised. Like right. the things that are coming out, are as good as advertised and um it was cool hearing it from him because he's a discerning guy he's not a smoke you know he's not just gonna blow smoke you know because i'm kind of a hype man so i talk shit and people are like oh you know this is this is ryan being crazy again but with with this dude he he doesn't say that kind of stuff unless he means it and i and i believe him you know there's i i think it's really exciting i think we've all the stuff that went on in 2016 2017 i feel like it's bearing fruit today and it's exciting 
I don't know if yeah, you it, see that from where yeah, you no, are. Well, I mean, and, and I'm I'm so encouraged to hear even you you make a, a real life story of saying, hey, you know, a guy called and and 20 minutes later he's got a policy, right? We've gone through the whole process because that that's that's evidence, right? I mean, that's proof that this type of technology is working, so that the human of the the, the human and the relationship can start to deliver on a, an yeah. experience that's far more like the lemonade experience than the hey, by the way, of of the twenty drivers, who should I assign to, to vehicle vehicle number seven? And you're like, Jesus Christ, are we really? You know, it's I know it's it's uh you know what? So what's funny for all you haters out there that are listening that listen to the show religiously. That VIN number that I told you I got snapped the picture of, that's the guy. So, because the, the guy's policy that I wrote in 21 minutes was like a $600 bop, right? So, all the haters are like, yeah, of course you're writing $600 bops in 20 minutes. Well, I'm cross selling his auto in his renter MFers. So, I'm doing exactly what I told you I was going to do. And now it's a really nice account because he's left me a Google review. I'm going to write his personal stuff and I got his business policy. So, that's what. That, and I, I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm a little fired up. It's Friday afternoon, and I'm I'm really this this podcast ends my uh, professional obligations yeah. for the day. So, right. so uh, the next thing is a nice crispy crack of an afternoon Friday beer for Ryan. So um, my point in saying all this is uh, I think you know uh, I think that we are in for the for the agents whose heads are in the right place. I mean, you got a bunch of them in your state, man. Uh, a bunch of people doing really fun stuff. Yep. And, you know, I think for those agents who are partnered with the right technology partners, man, it, it feels to me like that independent agent renaissance that we talk so much about 2015, 2016, 2017, it feels like we're in the early stages of it today. Like it's really starting to happen. Yeah, it never happens as fast as you think it's going to or at the exact moment that you think it to, but it's happening. And, yeah. and I think even, even maybe to segue into one of the things we want to talk about today is um, the acceleration that COVID has caused yep. in, in terms of just uh, adaptation, you know, adopting new technologies and trying to provide a different type of customer experience, not because you necessarily wanted to, but because now you've been forced to. So, I mean, I, I think that's, um, I, I think that's huge. Yeah. And that is really, you know, I mean, obviously you and I could shoot the shit about a lot of different things. Um, but uh, at uh, IANC, um, you guys did this. I, I keep showing pictures like I do video. I'm like showing, for, I'm showing <laughs> Aubie stuff on the screen that he doesn't need to see. Like I even produced the video. So uh, you can tell where my head is at today. But um, uh, you guys did this COVID 19 impact survey on your members. And I wanted to have you on because I feel like, um, well, I was kind of hoping when we got to the day when we'd actually talk, COVID might be going away. It doesn't feel that way, at least not where I am, because the emperor of my state has decided to not be so. But um, uh, I'm super interested in the results because I think uh, I think some of the findings that you have in here speak to a lot of the stuff that we've talked about so far. So I guess my first question to you is, um, like, what was what was the first thing that jumped out at you about this survey? Like when you, you know, and there's a couple different things that I want to dive into, but like for you personally, knowing your agents, spending time, you know, being so connected with others, uh, um, uh, executive directors around the, around the country, like, like what, what caught you? What, what grabbed you? What, what said you're like, Whoa, I didn't expect to see that. If there was any. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there there were two there were two main things. One had to do with the with the work from home orders and um, that the fact that forty three percent of our of our respondents to the survey um, basically responded that they stayed open, their offices stayed open with most of most or all of their employees reporting to the office every day. That on the surface was initially shocking to me, um, and then the other thing that I was I, I was sort of surprised by, but then also very encouraged by, was uh, just the level of optimism and, and there hasn't been a, a, a tremendous shift in how agencies are look, thinking about the future. You know, not there, there are very small percentage of agencies are significantly less optimistic, you know, about the future. Um, most are, you know, slightly less optimistic about the same or slightly more, but no, not, not very many agencies are thinking that this is going to have 
long-term and significant implications to, you know, to their revenue and to the, to their business. So yeah. that, those, those were the two big takeaways for me. Do you think, um, do you think that that is uh, because they feel their businesses rock solid, they have a good plan. Do you think any part of that is just maybe having some blinders on and, and not really fully taking in what's coming um, or, or, you know, what do you think that is from? Yeah, you know, there's always that ripple effect in insurance agency revenues. I mean, we've we've got a certain degree of insulation from economic downturn and from recession, and and it normally takes a while for those things to to impact premiums at the retail level and then impacting uh, agency revenue. So, I think I think by and large, member agencies are thinking this thing will be over before that ripple effect really hits my my agency with any significance now we 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 did have you know eight eight percent of the respondents um are forecasting their agencies are going to be down their revenues are going to be down significantly um this year so we, we looked at those that did a little bit of a deeper dive into into those agencies and um, that's largely being driven by agencies that that are just kind of overexposed in a couple of industries that that are being hit hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, you're, if you're if you're if you're an agency, or even if you have a, pro, a a producer or two within your agency that are focused on hospitality and, and restaurants, then obviously you're you're kind of taking it on the chin. Uh, yeah. Right now, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you were going to launch your startup agency in the fitness industry, that was also <laughs> not a good play. Um, so one of the stats that immediately jumped out to me was about. Um, uh, the question was, how did your agency workforce respond to the state and local stay-at-home orders? And this, the, the, the result was 75% of respondents with revenue over $5 million fully converted staff to remote, while only 11% of the small agencies, 200000 or below. And I thought, you know, I don't know what I would have thought, but that was one of the largest discrepancies in terms of how how big of a percentage difference it was and i just it just that stood out to me i was like wow that is a very substantial difference in terms of philosophy yeah completely and one of the things that that i've kind of found out anecdotally just by talking with some of the smaller agencies is even though they were showing up at the office every day along with their employees they were still closing the office to outsiders right so they were not allowing you know marketing rep visits they were not even seeing customers in the office um, and a lot of those were family-owned agencies. Yeah, uh, you know, so so it was it was almost like their, their their agency was their you know was their social distancing bubble, right? Yeah. They just they yeah. they they all they all uh, you know uh, got up at home, had breakfast together, got in the car, drove to the office, and then worked from the office together. And it was just more or less the same you know the same group of uh, a group of people. Yeah, no, and, and that that makes a lot of sense. That's actually what my uh, wife's uh, family agency did was. They, they kind of, the way their offices spread out, they kind of are socially distanced to begin right. with. And, uh, and they did let anyone who really had a real issue work from home and they did do that. But actually there was only three, I think they have 12 people and I think only about three of them stayed home full time. The rest, you know, basically came to the office and stayed away from each other and wore masks. And, and they did do the thing where they just put a sign that said, hey, call us, we'll come out, don't come in, we're not doing that um anymore now you can come in if you have a mask on but you know during the early days they they just said stay out and uh i thought that i thought that was interesting it is funny to think they all wake up together they all get in the same car they all drive the same office <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, i had uh, i had i had lunch with uh, josh lipstone uh, yesterday and and you know they're, they're not that small of an agency and they don't it's not like it's not like they are all under the same roof but josh was like you know they, they went into the office and it's his dad and his sister and the, the one employee and they just kind of keep their, keep their space, um, in, in the office. Yeah. Killing commercial member, by the way, represent killing commercial. Um, Josh Lipstone. Um, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to my, so my brother-in-law owns a renter's insurance agency nationally. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember that in New York city, right. But based out of New York. He, well, he lives up here now. He started in New York. He since moved up. Um, but he writes, uh, apartment complexes all over, not the building for those. He doesn't write the buildings themselves. He actually manages the renters insurance programs inside the building to keep the loss ratio down for 
the agents and carriers that write the structure themselves, which is an interesting, it's an interesting business. But we were talking about, um, this is, and this is just kind of speaks to the larger businesses going remote, but um, we were talking about, uh, he, he wants all his people in house. He's got about 20 employees and my wife and her, and, and her family, they want their people to work from the office. And they're like, you know, I just can't imagine a world where we're not operating in the same space. Like we feel less efficient. And I was like, yeah, Amazon does not feel that way. Like American oh. Express does not feel that way. Like those businesses are never coming back. Not, not for a long, I shouldn't say never, but. No, I mean, I, Amazon's the opposite, Brian. There was actually an article yesterday. Um, it was two days ago in the Wall Street Journal. And then yesterday it kind of hit the other, other media. They, they just purchased huge amounts of corporate retail space. Like in Manhattan, they bought the big building from WeWork, and and it completely made me rethink. You know what is the future of the office? And it seems like Amazon's going the the, the zag strategy, right? I mean, everybody That's else. Right. He's saying, probably already got the vaccine because he's part of the Illuminati. <laughs> so he's already got the vaccine. He's been stamping them for months. They're all they're all vaccinated. That's the thing. That's yes. the, the Illuminati already have the vaccine, man. So um, the, what the future of work is? It's it's so hard. I mean, I, you know, we've, 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 we have a 17,000 square foot office building in the association and, you know, a significant portion of that has been always dedicated to live in-house training and then, and then office space for staff. And now, you know, I, I go into the office and um, e either we've got way too much stuff or, or I can now where, where I thought I was maxed out in terms of the number of employees I could house, I, I could, I could grow by another 30% and yeah. through, through office sharing and remote work and others, I've got, I've got enough yeah. floor space to last forever now. You know, I really, I think what you just described this kind of hybrid model is, is really where a lot of people are going. Cause I do think sharing the same space at times is very important, but you know, I think back to like my, my agency nation days when we had a distributed workforce, like we had people in Wisconsin, we had our mm -hmm. Milwaukee people mm -hmm. in Minneapolis. And then the rest of my team was kind of spread out through the Midwest and the East coast. And for the most part, we worked remote and, but then four or five times a year, we would all get together and spend three to four days. And that time was very, very important. If we skipped one of those because something was going on, you could see it in our work product. So I think it's important for us to share space at the same time. I do think people are more comfortable in the in-between getting work done from home. And, um, and I also think it depends on your work from home culture. Um, did you get any feedback from the survey or from, you know, any of the respondents on the side or whatever, in, in addition, in additional comments around just in general, their experience building a, a remote culture? Because I think that's the heart that that is the technology is solvable. The culture 100%. is really tough. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, that's something that I've, I've spent personally a lot of time thinking about, and I've talked to a lot of my colleagues as well as agency owners, and and that is how how do you maintain culture? How do you maintain the spirit of collaboration and the spirit of purpose and mission and focus? You know, in a, in a remote environment, and it and it and it's something that I think is doable. You just have to be super intentional about it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, so I mean, I I was especially early on in the early on in the process. I mean, I was sending out you know, week, weekly videos to my, to my team, you know, I was che checking in, you know, just, just really over communicating. Um, it, but it's, it's funny, man, how quickly you fall back into a, a new routine. I mean, now, I mean, and I hate, I freaking hate the, the whole new normal, but yeah. it's almost gotten to the point where we've been doing this for so long now, it has kind of become the new normal. And I'm, yeah. I'm not being, I'm not being as intentional about checking in with my team and saying, Hey, how are you guys doing? How's your family doing? Um, you know, the, those types of things. I know um, we, we've had one agency that contacted us and um, with, with an address change. And, and so now they went from having a physical address to a PO box. And he just said, absolutely. Hey, my, my, my lease was coming up for renewal and we were working so well effectively. We're, we're just remote now. He goes, we're not going to, we're not going to have an office. I think, I think I heard you make that comment uh, or maybe a, a tweet or, or some, I saw something and I'm attributing yeah. to Ryan Hanley. It might have been from someone else that said, I'll, I'll, never have a, I'll never have a bricks and mortar agency. Yeah, I don't think I will. You know what I, yeah. what I do do is I do pay a monthly fee for a co-working space. So I have a co-working space where they got four offices um, that I can, or um, not four offices, four conference spaces. There's offices that you can rent for the day. There's all this open space. So if I need 
to have it like all my carrier meetings when we were meeting that I did when I was looking for appointments, I did down there because right. I was in the basement of my right. house, but right. I have a, this is probably a 12 by 14 office space that has everything I could possibly need. Why would I need a physical space? Now, when I do get employees, if they are in the Albany area, you know, I want to have a place I can go meet with them and we can whiteboard and, you know, chit chat and share space and time. And that's what that is. But that we don't need to be there every day, not for a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars a month. I mean, as you grow these, that fixed cost and then all the fixed cost that comes along with that. When I can go to Lightspeed Voice, send them a $30 phone and they're basically plugged in, ready to rock and roll, right? I mean, um, it's, it's, I think that world, it'll, it, I would just have to be, I would have to be, a, I would have a heavy shift in mindset to believe that I would need to rent a space. I, right. You know, with a co- when co-working is available, if, it, if it's not available in your town, then I could see renting a small space to kind of get together if it wasn't, you know, if it was uh, financially feasible, but um, co-working changes the game for me. Yeah, and, and I think also, um, even just going to the hybrid model, all of a sudden everybody, even if you believe that you still need physical space, like, you know, the, your square footage per employee has just shifted downward tremendously, you know? Yeah. Um, so. I agree. You know, the other thing too is I think this is going to really press leadership. Like, like I don't mean, um, I guess what I mean by that is it's going to press all of us to be better leaders of our people. And, 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 I, and I talk to my wife about this all the time because she, is, she does not like leading her team remotely. She likes to see them and talk to them. And I don't think she's wrong for that. At the same time, what if a rock star walks in the door and says three days a week, I want to work from home. And, oh, and you, you know, they're 125% product, production employee. They're, they're just hardworking. They're smart. They get it. They're engaged. But three days a week, they want to be home. What you're going to say? No, that's a tough, that's a tough thing. You know, you got to be able to adapt as a leader to that and somehow manage that person alongside, you know, your other employee who's been there for 20 years, who loves coming into the office every day. And then your, your other employee, who wants to be home every day. And, and how do you productively manage all three of those personalities um, without one feeling like they're getting more or less or, you know, whatever that that's, a, I think it puts a lot of pressure on leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And just from the standpoint of just be, being an employer and being competitive in the marketplace, I mean, to your, to your point, you know, to a lot of people, you know, compensation is always going to be important. But there are other factors that are important in terms of attracting talent and, mm-hmm. and flex, flex, flexibility with work schedule, particularly now. I mean, I, the, the, the degree of flexibility that, that people are having to um, allow and, and really encourage right now with schools, a lot in a lot of places, schools being shut down and your, your employee is um, not only are they working remote, but they're working remote and they've got two elementary school age kids at home that they're, you know, they're tag teaming with the spouse to try to make sure they're doing their schoolwork. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a challenge and it does, it does provide an opportunity for leadership and to, um, display some, you know, some flexibility and, um, you know, al- allow your employees to really do what's best, what's best for them. And, and, and the belief that ultimately that's going to be what's best for, you know, what's best for your organization, right. They're going to pay that forward. One, one, one question on our survey was, um, Will, will you be considering expanding, you know, your telework policy? And uh, only 26% of the respondents said no. So the other 74% were, yes, we've already made that decision. We're definitely going to, or we're, we're still, that's still under consideration. That was about divided. That was about divided in half. With yeah. 30, you know. I think you'd have to be crazy not to, not to let them work from home. Well, I shouldn't say that because I am uh I've decided I'm not giving agencies a hard time for being snowflakes anymore. Not, not snowflakes in the liberal sense, snowflakes in the, we are all actually unique sense. And, right, um, right. and uh, you know, I mean, it, I, I, I you know, I've, I've said this before on the show, but I, I think it just bears repeating because I honestly believe it today. I, that was been one of my biggest mind shifts. And I think it bared out. And a lot of what I saw from this as well is that, um, I, and, and, you know, you and I may even had this conversation in previous lives, but like, um, I, 
I could never really understand why we couldn't find at least semi-templated solutions for agencies. Why is it that you could have a thing that you know works and 75% of the agents just can't figure it out? And, yeah. and, and that used to really drive me nuts. You know, I'd be well, like, and it's because they're so different and well, rightly different. Well, one of, the, one of the most beautiful things about the independent agency system is there's so many different paths to be successful, right? There's yes. so many different ways that you can be successful. Yeah. And, th and then what you just described is the flip side of that same coin, right? There's no, there's no standardized solution there's no, because there are so many different paths forward. Yes. And um, so it's, you know, you kind of have to play both, si both sides of that. But it, it can be frustrating. And it's, it, it's, it's incredible to look at agencies that are, that are doing well and are successful and their business model can be completely different. Than, yeah. than another that's equally as successful. Yeah. And then, you know, I think I, yeah, yeah. It's been, dude, I just, this, this, I could go on. I could, I could, my mentality has changed uh, so, so much. I, I would like to say matured maybe is a better way to put it so much just in these since March nine, just, just in the process of building this agency. Um, so many things that, I thought I understood from the outside that now, even in a small sample size, right? I mean, I've only been doing this for a little over six months, but even in that small sample size, how my eyes have just been open to here is really what's going on and why not, not just, not just that all agencies are different, but the reason they're different is because they serve a niche market in a rural community in a highly regulated state that also has natural disasters that also has a ton of mutuals. Okay. How do you, you know, what do you, how do you figure that out? Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's just that, and they've built the agency that fits that market. It's kind of like, uh, like, like Darwin would be super pumped about independent agents. <laughs> Darwin would be all his next book. If you were still alive would be the evolution of the independent agency because it, that's what it is. You stick a entrepreneur into a place and all of a sudden they build this thing adapting to the, all the unique aspects of geography, of the, of the legal environment, the physical environment, the, the nature of the, of the, the businesses and the, and the commerce in the area. It is, it is truly wild. And yeah, I, I love, I've never thought of the, uh, the Darwin and the evolution analogy, <laughs> the, the evolution analogy, but now it's like, yeah, why, why does this one agency have that one little toe that sticks out a little further with a, with a claw on the end, right? It's like, well, because he needed that to climb this type of tree in the environment that he was living in or whatever. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So. Um, so one of the questions that I had for you too, in, in it, the, the stat is in the, um, and, and we're going to, I want, at the end, we're going to tell everyone where to get this report and, you know, how they get it and everything. Cause I think this is awesome that you did this and, and I was excited that you're willing to come on and talk about it. And um, you're welcome to share it, Ryan. I mean, if you, if you've got a, a, what, if you want to put it on your website and, okay. and share it directly, you're welcome to do that. You don't have to direct, you don't have to direct them towards. Okay, that. cool. So, so we will tell them how to check it out on yours, but also if you go to the show notes, which will be ryanhaley.com forward slash obby dash night, um, or just go to the ryanhaley.com you'll find it. I'll have the PDF linked up in the show notes as well. But, um, uh, so one of the stats that I, that I thought bared, um, there could be a lot of interesting, uh, education opportunities out of was if your agency transitioned to a remote work or increased the number of employees working from home during the COVID-19 crisis, how would you describe the level of efficiency that those employees were able to achieve? And only 6% said they were more efficient working home, 6%. So 65% said they were able to operate at the same, which is awesome. That's awesome. But I think the goal of work from home is a higher efficiency level. Um, and if, and I guess my question for you is, uh, have you thought about, or what have you heard? Like what, what are some things that agents could do to take this opportunity and actually create a more efficient agency operation? Yeah, so you're really drilling down now to the heart of why why did we do the survey? I mean, because what we were what we want to identify is what what problems what problems is COVID presenting to our members, right? What where where do they see they're having specific problems and challenges? Because you know that's how we have really redefined and really repositioned ourselves as an association. What what's our value proposition and what our whole purpose is is to help our members solve their problems. So whatever whatever our members are having 
uh, wherever they're having problems, we want to be able to come up and, and offer solutions. So part of this was, okay, let's see what specific problems our member agencies are having as it relates to COVID. And that's certainly one. Um, and, and I also will throw in the fact that um, I thought the really probably, probably the most honest people in the survey are the 10% that I don't really know how effectively my, how efficiently my yeah, employees yeah. are working, right? I'm not, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how, to, how am I supposed to measure whether they're being more effective or less yeah. effective. I don't, I don't even know. I thought, I thought uh, I ought to go back and, and give, uh, give the, the people that, that 10% ought to receive a higher a weighted score in the other areas because I think those guys are the ones that are probably like, the most. I'm just guessing. I, I yeah, don't really yeah, know. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I think those are the more honest uh, folks. Um, what, one thing, we had, we had some open-ended questions. And we tried to summarize those open-ended questions uh, in, in about seven or eight different categories. And that's the last page of the report. Um, and, and so nearly all of the open-ended comments and questions kind of fell into how do I increase and improve my remote work capabilities? Um, I, need to, I need to increase you know, my, my investment in technology. We really need to make steps to improve the customer experience. Um, one thing is, that that we that that we've not drilled down and and can answer definitively, but it's it appears that the agencies that are significantly more optimistic and have actually seen revenue growth during COVID uh, are those agencies that have a strong online presence. Um, so people are shopping, people are sitting at home, and you, you have those agencies that have a strong online presence are, are getting opportunities for new business during this time. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, there's there's uh, there's all sorts of opportunities for us to um, just continue in helping educate members and allowing them to um, evolve so that they can you know better better serve the customer and, and be more efficient in times like this. So um, we we've had some webinars already on transitioning to a remote workplace, and I, I do think that we need to um, continue along that path of helping agencies, one, understand how to measure efficiency, and then two, understand what the, what the right tools and technologies are so that you can stay as efficient um, in a remote environment. I mean, yeah. you know, like personally, we, 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 we've made investments just in, in things like making sure everybody had dual monitors at home. You know, I mean, that was something like when, when I'm talking to my staff and they said, yeah, well, I'm not quite as efficient as I would be if I were, if I were in the office because I've only got a single monitor. So, um, you know, we went out and bought out these you know, these Lenovo really portable, really, really cool monitors. Yeah, I've got one in my laptop bag now. So even when I'm, even when I'm working remote, I just pull out this little thin, thin monitor and plug it into USB port and, and you get a dual monitor, Tom. So just little things like that can make a big difference. Yeah, I, 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 I agree, man. I think, I think that, um, I think COVID has opened people's eyes to, in a very sharp way, a lot of the prognostication of the last decade or so. Um, I think it was like, yeah, you know, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Oh no, what is going on? Like, how do we, and the good news is um, there's plenty of solutions out there. And I think the solutions are relatively cost-effective. I think they're becoming easier to use. I think, you know, we've mentioned some of my favorites, but there's so many more. It's kind of, you know, there's, there's plenty of good solutions. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I talked to, uh, I talked to um, one of my insiders at Vertifor the other day. And, and even he said, you know, you know, this, this, you know, he goes, I know I'm sure on the forums we're getting hammered for being sold or whatever again. And he said, but I got to be honest with you, it frees us up to do a lot of the things that we couldn't do under PE. And, you know, he said, you know, he, he I think, I, if he, in, in my general sense of making that comment is, it feels to me like everybody, everybody sees what's necessary now, that these ecosystems don't work, you have to be connected, you have to be easy to use, and, and we, are, we are really slingshotting forward, which makes things like being more efficient in remote work possible. I mean, I... I I look at what I, you know, I, I was talking to my wife and I was showing her better agency because I, I think very highly of this particular program. And I just said, it has really changed the game for me. Like I've never used a CRM that also is essentially 
um, everything up to downloads and accords the, an agency management system. And to have everything in one place and to have it be visually easy and, and streamlined, I was like, and the fact that I could plug into it from any computer, anywhere, doesn't matter, boom, 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 you know, web, web internet access, you know, website browser, doesn't matter if you're on a Mac, a PC, it's just boom, there it is, use it, your person could be anywhere, they can use it on their phone. And, um, you know, th that type of technology, it changes the game for agencies, it changes yeah. the game. The, um, the, the agencies that were leaning forward in tech now, I think exactly see things the way that you do, Ryan, in terms of like integration and the ease of using technology. But the, the, other, the other, you know, I guess impact of COVID is those agencies that I never thought would evolve or change, you know, that were still um, happy to see customers and give them a cup of coffee and have a 15 minute chat with them so they could drop off a payment. Um, those agencies are, are changing and, you know, they're adopting, you know, the e policies and they're, they're, drop, they're, they're adopting DocuSign instead of having yep. the, the, the um, you know, the customer come in and, and leave forms and things. So that the evolution is taking place of, across the continuum if yeah. you would, of, of, the, of technology. Everybody has shifted to be more technology savvy, regardless of where you were, everybody yeah. took a step in the, in the tech savvy direction. And you know what's great about it? I had a, I had a, I, I had someone who I would throw in the category that you just described uh, call me the other day, and they were just asking me a question about something. And uh, he he said to me, he goes, you know, I've been fighting this for years. It really hasn't been as hard as I thought it would be. He's like, I always imagined this transition being more difficult than it has actually been. He goes, yeah, the first couple months were a little rough, but we've made the changes and added a couple things, and he goes, it really hasn't been that bad. And and I was like. In the most positive way, I was like, "Yes, exactly. That is what we've been trying to tell you. It's what everyone has been trying to tell you for all this time." And I, that was, it wasn't like a football spike. I said it in a very nice way. I was just like, "That's great. That, that's great." And, and I wasn't trying to spike the football on him. I just meant like, "Yes, that's it is true. Like you are a hundred percent right. It, you know, if you're coming off a, if you're coming off a Tam or one of these old, you're yeah, you're gonna feel a little bit of pain, but ultimately." I think the tools have evolved to the point where like changing an agency management system 15 years ago, it's not as hard today. It's, it's not nice, but it's not as hard. You, you, get, you get through it faster. The other side is easier. Um, you can pick up the tools. They're more visually appealing to things. And, and it's not as difficult as people think that it actually is. And I think it's important, you know, guys like you, our leaders like you, I don't want to just say guys, you know, I think a lot of the people are saying the right things. They're, they're, they're putting the right options in front of people, letting people choose from a palette of options so they can still be independent. They're not having solutions shoved down their throat, but saying, here, here's three, here's three solutions that can help you figure out which one makes the best. But if you choose one of these, you're going to be just fine. And I think, I think it's great. I think I, I feel, um, I don't know. I feel as positive about the business as I have ever felt in my career today, despite COVID. I almost maybe because of COVID, because we've right. come through this so strongly and because, you know, half our industry didn't get wiped out and people aren't, you know, bitching and complaining all over. They're really pushing hard and learning and adapting and uh, friggin' Darwin, man. I, we're, it's what it is. I was, I was, if you didn't throw the Darwin, I was going to go. Independent agents are resilient and yeah. man, they, they may not, um, a, a lot of agencies do not drive change, right? But they, they, a lot of agencies don't drive change. They're not looking to drive innovation, but they have proven themselves capable of adapting when they need to. Yeah. And, 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 and in some cases when they're forced to, yep. right. And, and, and so this is a situation where many have been forced to, to change and, and, you know, to, to evolve. And uh, I, I've talked to a number of agencies that, that sound exactly like the conversation you had. And, and they always think, like, I'm really not sure why we didn't do this years ago. Well, I mean, I hate to be a smart ass about it. Well, you didn't have to, right? I mean, you were, you were, you were not required to do it, so you didn't. And, yeah. and now, that you're, now that your customers or carriers or, or just the business environment in general is requiring you to do it, well, you did it. You know, you, you grew, you grew the six toe that goes out sideways and has the special claw on it because you, you had to. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, Hey man, I, uh, I obviously think the world of you and your work and, um, yeah, likewise, buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you guys do things like this survey because it, it just, 
it gets people having conversations. It shows them it. I think it just, it helps show them that there's light at the end of the tunnel, yep. that these things are possible, that their peers are making it happen, that, that there's hope for them in, in the places where maybe they feel lost or that they have blind spots. And, um, and uh, I'm just glad you're willing to share your time with, with me and everyone that's listening. So thanks so much, dude. Yeah. Anytime, buddy. And I, I certainly uh, don't want to um, prolong the conversation since I'm the last thing standing between you and a weekend. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I ho- hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. I appreciate yeah. it very much. Be good, buddy. Yeah. Drinks and smoke a joint bubbles? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>